Thank you very much, Kennedy. Thank you, all of you, for being here. I entitled this uh, little talk, yes, Cam, I wrote everything down so that I don't, I'm not too long. I don't guarantee that I won't go over the time. Um, I entitled this conference for the reign of Christ the King because it is the reason why we are here. And I would like to show you the example of the Canadian martyrs. That is the name of the conference, after all. And so for all of us, it is important to know what the Americans call the North American martyrs, but they are, in fact, the Canadian martyrs. And to know Archbishop Lefebvre and his action in the front of a neo-paganism, the one that came from the Second Vatican Council as an expression of liberalism, of Protestantism, that uh, acceded to our times. And as I want to start, I would like to see, to look at a wider battle. If we want to understand the time in which we live, in which Catholic men have to lead this fight, we have to start at the Garden of Eden. And there, we have already the history of the whole world. It is the history of an irreducible fight between our Lord Jesus Christ and Satan. That is the history of mankind. And mankind had always seen the battle between the kingdom of Satan, the world, and the kingdom of God, who is our Lord Jesus Christ. And this battle, this fight, will always rage, we want it or not. This war, as you know, will always culminate at the top of Calvary, where the victory was given once and for all. In our souls, in our families, in our countries, we see these two armies constantly affronting each other. As we kneel in the confessional, it is because we have betrayed our king. We look at the battlefield and we stand up again with generosity as we go out of the confessional to enter again the fiery battle. It is only when we will be crucified, and that is truly, and I will show it in the second conference, what to be a man means. It's only when we will be crucified that we will have the final victory with our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. This spiritual combat is a reality, and we won't understand anything to the history of the world if we don't look at this battle, battle of the world, battles of our lives. Satan against our Lord Jesus Christ, and we have to choose. He who is not with me, told us our Lord, is against me. In the times in which we are living, the kingdom of Satan is prosperous, extended his reign through the great majority of nations. Civilizations that were built on the cross, like our country, were destroyed. They were built around the village church, and these Catholic societies have been destroyed almost to the ground, left in ruins in the past centuries. What Protestantism, what the so-called Enlightenment left standing was now destroyed, destroyed by liberalism and by modernism. But the attacks of Satan 
as always, were directed directly to our Lord Jesus Christ and to his church. And through some cracks, like uh, one of the Pope himself was saying after the Council, the smoke of Satan entered the church. And the master stroke of Satan was to get Catholics to disobey the whole of tradition in the name of obedience. As expressed, these are not my words, by a saintly captain of the church in the storms that we are living in, Archbishop Lefebvre. The spirit of the world, which is the spirit of Satan, like Kennedy already announced in his talk, entered through the lines of the last council and led to the confusion that is so evident today. A crisis without precedent in the history of the church. This pastoral council, as they wanted it to be called, was to be the end of a war. 1789 sorry, was to happen in the church, and Satan did not have to be fought anymore. We don't want to define. We don't want to say the truth. We want to dialogue. And it signed the end of the missionary spirit, the ruin of Catholic societies, and the loss of faith in the crowds. The Mass itself, standard of the army of God, actualization of the cross, has been under attack and taken away, yes, taken away from Catholics. Saint Augustine, one of the church fathers, gave us also this vision of history in a very famous formula in the city of God. He said, two cities have been formed by two loves, the earthly by the love of self, even to the contempt of God, and the heavenly by the love of God, even to the contempt of self. And the history of man will always be the story of these two loves that are radically opposed and incompatible. And the tragedy of the last council is an attempt to do an impossible compromise between these two loves, between all of Jesus Christ and the world. There is no, ground, no ground for agreement between the city of God as made by Christ forever, immaculate, pure, holy, invisible to the cross, and the city of Satan, divided, city full of hatred, of error, of lies, united only in its opposition to God. Seemingly victorious at times, but always failing at the end. Liberalism, this freedom of choice, everybody can choose what he wants, has become a cultural drunkenness, an intoxication to the point of an embarrassing stupidity. Reality has to come first. Truth is primordial. There is no possible choice between our Lord Jesus Christ and his reign on the one of Satan. Man redeemed by Lord Jesus Christ is placed today 
in the front of the same apparent dilemma that Pilate placed the Jews in the front of. Who do you want? Jesus or Barabbas? It's not a choice. We have to take our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who gave his blood for us, the one who shivered with horror in the Garden of Olives, looking at all these men who will choose Satan, who wouldn't follow him and wouldn't fight for his kingdom. And we want to choose our Lord Jesus Christ with enthusiasm, with joy, with generosity. That's why you are here today. The Catholic is not against, is for. And that's why I wanted this conference to start with these words, for the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is him whom we choose. And as a consequence, yes, we are opposed and we hate what is against our Lord Jesus Christ, what is destroying his reign in society, but also in our families and also in our souls, because we are sinners. If we had to summarize these few words of introduction, I would like to give you the words of a Jesuit, the first Jesuit, a captain who, after having served little kings on the earth, put all his energy, his sword, at the service of King of Kings. It is Saint Inexius of Loyola. He is saying in his spiritual exercises, this is the history. See, one more time, the same idea. I didn't invent anything because I don't know anything. Christ calls and wants all beneath his standard. And Lucifer, on the other hand, wants all under his. Yes, this is history. And it is also history that's full of the fire for the majesty of God, full of this desire to spread the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ in our country. Some Jesuits, not even a century after him, decided to sail over the ocean to come to our countries. It was almost 400 years ago, around 400 years ago, that these men came here on our ground to give their life and to bring the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the front of me right there, you have at the center a relic of St. John of Brebeuf in the front of the statue of St. Joseph, an incredible relic, part of his bones, what we call the first class relic. These men gave his life for you. Shed, and you can read his story, until the last drop of his blood in the most terrible atrocities. I don't know if there is a martyr who suffered much than St. Jean of Brebeuf and St. Gabriel l'Allemand. For us to fight for Lord Jesus Christ against the kingdom of Satan. And there is no true civilization but the one built on the blood of all Jesus Christ, on the blood of the, of the Redeemer. We owe these men, the Canadian martyrs, these priests who gave their life, we owe them everything, all what we are, all what we have. St. John of Rebeuf was saying, I would go to the end of the earth 
to bring baptism to a single savage. You see there, this love for these souls, souls of these savages, of these Indians, who needed to be redeemed in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the soul of Saint John of Brebeuf is so beautiful that we could call him really a new Saint Paul, a Saint Paul for North America, for our land. Still have to please the Americans in the audience. <laughs> the government today really seems like in a teenager crisis. In fact, he doesn't want to see, he doesn't want to recognize where he comes from, his father, so to say. And he destroys everything on which the civilization he has the God of is built on. This civilization was built on the cross, was built on the blood of the Canadian martyrs. And today, all of that is rejected. Their statues are taken down. Now that the cross is taken away from the churches, if not burnt, that the cross is ripped away from the hospital walls, that the cross is hidden from the children, is destroyed in the souls of many men, this whole civilization is collapsing and return to a paganism that is worse than the first one. The Indians were eating their baby girls. If they, did not have, if they did not have enough to eat in the winter, they would use their wives to replace their sledding dogs if they would die. But never would they have thought to tell their girls that they were boys. A world who rejects God become more insane than a world who did not know him. The apostasy that is not silent, no, that is crying, is leading to a paganism that is absolutely terrible. And in this uh, conference, that is a very long introduction, you notice, in this conference, I simply would like to show you two examples of what to do in the front of paganism. What did these men do, these Canadian martyrs, these Jesuit priests? What did they do to convert these countries, to bring the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ here in our land? And also then, as a parallel, because there is a similarity, what was the action of Archbishop Lefebvre in the front of this neo-paganism? And I hope that at the end, you will see that we have the answer. As St. John of Reverf of the Incarnation Martyrs had a way to convert these crowds to the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ, so do we, thanks to this general in this world that we are living now, Archbishop Lefebvre, we also have the answer. We also know what to do to give our souls to our Lord Jesus Christ and for this reign of Christ that is real to be extended to our societies after reigning in our families. What made the success of the missionaries of the Society of Jesus here and everywhere? What is the heart of the Society of St. Pius X? It is for both of them a concrete rule of life 
to form holy priests and from the priesthood to restore society from within because it is through the priest that grace is given. That is the whole theme. If you want, if you remember only that sentence, you remembered everything that I said. The heart of this fight against paganism or the paganism of today is and will always be the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ brought by the priests at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So let us enter into the story of the Canadian martyrs. And I entitle this part, Blood of Priests. Then I will speak about the Society of St. Pius X, and I will speak about the priest of the precious blood. When New France was discovered, the accounts of what was happening in this country, so New France, for the one we don't know, is another name for Quebec. That was where they the discovered the country. When it was discovered, when they heard about these uh, immense territories where so many souls had to know God, where the love of God was absent, while the cross was in standing, so many young men were inflamed with this desire to give their lives, to save souls, to extend the reign of Christ the King. You just heard how St. John of Brebeuf would have been ready to go to the end of the earth to just baptize one single soul. Why? Because they were full of this desire, of this fire that they take from the Mass to extend the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. They wanted to share the fire of charity that was burning already their hearts and their lives. St. Isaac Jogues, for example, as he entered the convent of the Jesuits, was asked, what are the reasons why you come here? And St. Isaac Jogues to answer, there are two reasons. I want to go to Ethiopia, because the Jesuits were in Ethiopia at the time, and I want to be a martyr. And he received this answer from Father Lallemand, they're all Father Lallemand, there are so many of them. So it was Father Louis Lallemand, who answered and told him, not so, my child, you will be, you will die in Canada. So entering the seminary already, he had the whole program of his life. He was learning to know Lord Jesus Christ, to love him more truly. Why? To bring fire to Canada, to bring this fire of charity to the souls of yesterday, but to your souls. And that is what is important today. We need to keep this heritage. This man died for you. When they entered the seminary, 19, 20 years old, they were thinking of us today, of these territories of Canada, a country where the cross has to be standing. These men, these priests, these brothers, were ready to leave family, comfort, the nice libraries of the seminaries, the support of religious communities, the healthy environments in which they live, a Catholic society to enter the American wilderness. And remember, it's only the beginning. Quebec was founded in 1608. The first priest who arrived in 1615 are the Recolette brother, the Franciscans, and the, the Jesuits will arrive in 1625. And so they know very little about what is awaiting them. They'll read in a newspaper these crowds of pagans 
But they only know for now their violence and their rejection of God. They see the disruption of this empire of Satan and they desire to bring the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Their lives will depend on a single threat, to use the words of St. John of Rebeuf himself. They will face so many obstacles for the love of our Lord Jesus Christ crucified. These noisy, persistent mosquitoes, these obscure, incomprehensible languages, these godless pagan tribes, nothing could be an obstacle to these men. They wanted to pour grace in souls. And at the center of this mission, we have the priest. And I want to stop right there for a few minutes on the priest. The priest is everything and is nothing. The priest, like St. Thomas Aquinas says, is the miracle of miracles. St. Clement, Clemens says that he is like the God of the earth. He is truly the minister of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is an instrument of dust. He is nothing. But yet, he is another Christ. He is chosen by God to continue the work of redemption, to bring the cross, to pour the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ on souls. That is exactly what happened in the confessional. The heart of a man is replaced by the one of a God, and a poor creature is made the provider of divine mysteries. What a mystery, the mystery of the priesthood. The sacred heart wants his priests to carry everywhere the fire of charity. He wants them to be these torches who are bringing the fire of his love everywhere in the world. So the priesthood is the greatest thing on earth. The priest is between earth and heaven with a power that no other creature has. Do you know the words of uh, Donald Trump at one of his meetings? where he was uh, showing one of our priests and saying he has more power than I do. But let us try to understand the mystery that is the priesthood, to meditate on this reality. It's true you are not priests. I mean, some of you are. But you are men. You are fathers of family. But you need to understand what the priest is. Because it is suddenly to the priesthood that you will become a man. And the priest as well needs the priest. Who can bring down his creator God himself on an altar. With a few words, it changes a little bit of bread and wine into the body of blood of God, a follower Jesus Christ. Or the priest in himself is nothing, and he knows it. But yet God, who created him, gives him the power to produce himself. A man gives life to God. Go to confession to the Blessed Virgin Mary or an angel. Will they give you absolution? No. Will they give you the body and blood of our Lord? No. The Blessed Virgin Mary cannot bring her son in the host. 
Even if you have 200 angels, they couldn't give you absolution. But the priest, no matter how simple he is, can say, go in peace, I absolve you, I forgive you. These are the words of Saint Jean-Marie Vianney, the Saint Cure of ours, model of all priests. And we would say, if you would understand the priest, you would die. In his divine providence, God wants to use the priest to give himself to souls. Protestantism tried to destroy it, to destroy the priest, because it is the way God saves souls. To come back to our dear Canadian martyrs, we see in them at the same time the understanding that they are poor little instruments, that they are nothing. But they want to bring also the grace to the sacraments. They know, like Saint John of Brebeuf, that it is not by their own force, strength, that they are converting souls. It is by the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine Saint John of Brebeuf, his first stay in Aronia, so we are now getting closer to here. That was from uh, 1626 to 1629. During these three, four years, he preached. He was everywhere. Zero baptism. Four years of his life to learn a language, to suffer through all this new culture, if that was a culture. And nothing, not even the consolation to have one single soul baptized in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is his answer? What does he say when he comes back to France? Because the English took over. I failed because of my sins. Humility of this man who understood that they were simple instruments of the grace of God. The Jesuit priest came here to give the sacraments, to say Holy Mass, to be other Christ among the nations who our Lord died for, but who are so far from the river of grace that flows from the cross. The first sacrament that they wanted to give is certainly the sacrament of baptism, as it is the door, not only for all the sacraments, but especially for heaven. Nobody can be saved without baptism. Nobody can be saved outside the church. This is a dogma of faith. This is the divine truth. And no man could possibly change it at no point of history, not even the Pope. The missionaries will have to form the minds and the hearts of these men who did not even have a word to call God. That was one of the first problems of the missionaries. There was nothing in their language to say God. As they just arrived in Quebec, for example, Saint John of Brebeuf spent six months with the Algonqu with the Montagnier, sorry. And during these six months he was alone. He didn't have the comfort of any other friend with them. During the six months, he tried to learn their custom, to live with them. And he didn't even say Mass once. He was ready to this ultimate sacrifice. For a priest, the Mass is everything. 
And there, during six months, he was just ordained a priest, priest to say Mass. During six months, he won't say it because he cannot. He's in the middle of this tribe to get to know them, to see their customs, their habits, to try to touch their heart and to teach them about the love of God. He wanted and he was ready to do everything to gain these souls to our Lord Jesus Christ, to break the bonds of Satan that are holding these souls by the original sin and by all the personal sins that unfolded and came from this original sin. So often we see the missionaries in the first times, in particularly St. Isaac Jog, who have the only consolation to baptize the little babies when they're about to die. That's the only thing they could do. It was so hard to touch the heart of these men that in fact they will simply baptize when the baby was about to die. And that's the only moment. Or you have this very famous story in uh, the life of Saint Isaac Jacques, when he's about to be captured. And so they are shot. And the one in the front of the pirogue will be called Bernard. He will be shot directly in front. And so Saint Isaac Jacques from the back of the pirogue will run in the front, take some water in the river and baptize him because he will die. The rare baptisms that happened. But they continue, nevertheless, in this environment completely hostile to them, to the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they knew that it was through their energy, their blood, that they would be able to touch the souls. You can imagine the torments that they went through. I just spoke about baptism, how hard it was. And now if we go to the moment of the death of St. John of Brebeuf, and Gabriel Allemand, as they suffer with these red hatchets, as they are torn in pieces, you have Hurons, Indians who were converted, they baptized after so much energy, who abandoned their faith and baptized them with hot water pouring scaling hot water on them to make fun of them. Missionaries who gave their life to give baptisms, who now, just before dying, were persecuted, receiving from the Indians a baptism of apostasy. Imagine the sufferings, sufferings for us. What do we do with this sacrifice? What do we do with this martyrdom? Where are we? Why are we not fighting for the reign of Christ the King? Why is it so hard to wake up on Sunday morning to be at time at Mass? Why is it so hard to kneel to say our rosary every day? Why is it so hard from time to time to go on five days of spiritual exercises to do a retreat of St. Ignatius? If this man were ready to die, to suffer for our lives, for our souls. What are we to do? Why would we be wasting this blood? Blood of these Jesuits, of these martyrs. Even if I have the text, it can be very long. You know that, uh, Cam? Um, and so I just would like, on this topic of the Jesuit, to introduce Archbishop Lefebvre to point out a very important part of the success of the Jesuits in Eronia and here in Canada.
That is the idea of Father Jérôme Lallemand. So he's not the martyr, he's another one, was appointed to be the superior of the mission in Ronia. And this happened in uh, 1639. St. John of Rebeuf has been the one really on place, he invented, he wrote a whole dictionary, he spent all this time learning about the Indians, the custom, and there we sent from France a newly uh, priest, a new priest, who is in fact has the same age, age than Father, uh, Father de Brebeuf, but never came to Canada before, where St. John de Brebeuf was already there for years. He comes and he's the new superior. So we tell St. John de Brebeuf, okay, you are the one for 15 years who gave all your life, all what you, you know all of them, you know the Indians, now you are not the superior anymore, obey to this little one. You just freshly came from France. Okay, good, welcome. St. John Brebeuf, example of obedience, simply kneels in the front of his new superior and promised obedience. What an example for us who are so prideful. And Saint so, sorry, Father Gérald Lallemand, when he was in France thinking about Canada, had a genius idea. It is the village we call now Saint Mary among the Hurons. This village, we can still see the ruins of it nowadays, was the way for the Jesuit to keep the priest holy, to make sure that the priest will be bringing the, gra the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his cross, to the nations. And this idea, I will explain what it is, is completely opposed to the vision of St. John of Brebeuf. For St. John of Brebeuf, the way to convert the Indians was to be Indian with Indian, to live in the same kind of habitation that they had, they had, to live in their villages, to be lost with them, so to say, in their customs and all their life. And there comes a new superior who says, no, 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 it's over. You did that for 15 years, fine. But now we'll do that. We will build a new village. I want you to build a house in French style. You know, the French are always proud of what they do. That's not the reason. We'll build a house in French style. We will have a house where all the priests will be. And from this place, we will shine. But I want the priests to stay together. I want the priests to have this harvest of peace, this place where they can pray, this place where they can rest, this place where the Indians can come to find us, to go to confession, to ask for spiritual advice, to continue to live their life as Catholic and to be changed. This idea is absolutely genius and the fruits are evident because from 1639 to 1649, 10 years, that is the death of St. John of Brebeuf, out of St. Mary among the Hurons, there were 10,000 baptisms in 10 years out of this one place. What is so special about this place? First, a chapel. First, a tabernacle, the altar, or Lord Jesus Christ, really present. And there around it, priests, a society of priests. We will be there praying, spending hours in the front of the Blessed Sacrament. And you know there how St. Isaac Jog will spend so many hours. We will waste his time 
in the front of the tabernacle, to have then this energy and this fire to evangelize, to bring this love that he himself had in his heart to the Indians he was sent to. St. John of Rebeuf saw the wisdom of this plan of Jérôme Lallemand, and he himself began with the retreat at the beginning of 1640. Every Sunday, the priest will come back to St. Mary among the Irons to find the Society of Priests, to place themselves in the front of the Blessed Sacrament, to go to confession. Yes, because also a priest needs to go to confession. Priests need the priests. And around the altar, around these priests living as souls of prayer, a Catholic society slowly emerged. And that's why Canada existed. That is truly why we love our country. Because it was built on the blood of these martyrs around the altar. And so let me now touch the second part that will be shorter, don't worry. What did our Jesus of Lefebvre do? What is the action of the society of St. Pius X in the front of a neo-paganism? And we can see a parallel between the actions of the Jesuits and the action of the greatest bishop of the 20th century, a man of providence, a priest before everything, on a former of priests. When Rome will finally come back to tradition. Don't worry, it will happen. And this bishop will be canonized as a modern Athanasius. He could well be declared doctor of the priesthood, doctor of the mass, because the priest is the mass. There are so many things that are said about His Excellency Archbishop Lefebvre, about the little society he founded to transmit the Catholic priesthood in all its doctrinal purity and missionary charity. The Society of St. Pius X, the SSPX, there are many debates, canon lawyers against auto-proclaimed doctors of the church, but nobody says the essential. Nobody knows what is the Society of St. Pius X. The SSPX is not an anti-revolution. The SSPX is not anti. It is not in its essence to be opposed. The Society of St. Pius X exists in the church and for the church for one reason, the priesthood. That's all and that's everything. The mission of the Society of St. Pius X, of every single line of its statutes and constitution, approved by the church, by the way, every single line are there for the holiness of the priesthood. That is the mission of this bishop. The goal of the society is the priesthood, all that relates to it, and nothing but what relates to it. I'm reading there the first part of the statutes of the society when the Archbishop explains what is the goal of this little congregation. And you can read the history. I don't have time to do it here again, but how these seminarians, these young men, 
came to an old Arby shop, retired Arby shop, to beg him, open a seminary, do something for us. We want to be holy priests. That is truly the only mission of the Society of St. Pius X. In his testament to the priest that was written just before his death, that is called the Spiritual Itinerary, a very important and deep book, a contemplation on St. Thomas Aquinas. Archbishop Lefebvre, for the first time, he writes it in 1990, just one year before dying, is unveiling something he never told anybody before, the dream of Dakar. He explains in the introduction to this little book that when he was once in his cathedral of Dakar, he had a mysterious dream. What was his dream? We don't know. But what he saw at this moment, it was a little congregation that will be there to transmit the Catholic priesthood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Transmit it in its doctrinal purity, saying the truth, carrying the tradition of the church, and also his missionary charity, continuing to bring the fire of the Jesuits to the countries, to Saul, to pour the graces from the cross to men who need redemption. Archbishop Lefebvre knew, and it is so evident, that the means to give faith back to the world, moving toward paganism, is to give grace to souls and to rebuild a true priesthood. The priest, sacerdos in Latin, is the one who gives the sacred things. The mission of the priest is to give eternity to the souls who are in time and who are made for eternity. And this, this foundation happened, as you know, at the moment of the Second Vatican Council. And after all these years, over 50 years, it will be completely dishonest to not see in this historical event a victory of a liberal wing, the victory of the spirit of Satan, a revolution cause of an interior movement that happened before. The Council is not the first element, it's uh, the end of a very long process, starting if we take the roots of the 14th century with Renaissance. But the Council is an adaptation, a compromise to the modern world. The Second Vatican Council, and we don't want to be afraid to say it, and that's certainly the reason why the Society of St. Pius X is not, so to say, officially recognized. It is because we are always asked to not criticize the Council, among other things. How can we be silent when this Council is so evidently the cause of the neopaganism that we have in the front of our eyes? the cause of the loss of faith in so many souls, of the defection of the priesthood. All these priests have left the council who didn't know who they were anymore and who abandoned our Lord Jesus Christ, abandoned the priesthood. The Second Vatican Council led to Amores Laetitia, to Abu Dhabi, to Traditionist Custodes, and lately to these terrible fiducia supplicants. 
There is a cause. And we have to see it. There is more to come. Don't worry. Because the revolution never stops. And we see it, sadly, with Pope Francis. It's novelty after novelty. There is this French comedian who was saying, a revolution is like a bicycle. When you stop pedaling, it falls. And that's exactly what we see with this wind of reforms, with this new, newer destruction every day of the doctrine of our Lord Jesus Christ, of his reign. Archbishop Chaplefebvre was saying, the evil of the council is the ignorance of our Lord and his reign. That will lead automatically to a destruction of the priesthood with another Christ. They have truly uncrowned him. So you see, I hope the point of this whole conference, how already at the time of the Jesuits, it is through the priest, through the mass, that the grace was given to soul. And it is also in our time, in a time of paganism, that through the mass we will find the cross and through the cross be united to our Lord Jesus Christ. Like St. Paul, we shouldn't be able to say no, anything else than I want to know our Lord Jesus Christ and our Lord Jesus Christ crucified. That's everything. That's why we exist. That's why we wake up in the morning. That's for this love and this service of the King of Kings, our Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you are thinking, Father, it's very nice to talk about priests, but what about us? My dear friends, you live in a pagan world. This pagan world is everywhere. And so you need St. Mary among the Irons. You will need priories where you can find the priest. And there I arrive to the last point of this conference. The genius of Archbishop Lefebvre. It is to have founded in this society of St. Paul's the idea of the priory. Like, in a certain way, Jérôme Lallemand, Father Jérôme Lallemand, Archbishop Lefebvre wants at the roots, at the base of the society, to have a priory. What is a priory? It is first a tabernacle. It is firstly an altar, where the holy sacrifice of the Mass is said. And it is then, like Saint Marie among the Orans, a place where the priests pray, where the priests are on their knees, where the priests are sacrificing themselves to be priest, to stay priest. It is very nice to form a priest during six years of the seminary, but the priest, the priesthood has to be preserved because it is also under attack. And so this place, the priory, is where the priesthood will be protected. And that is where you, my dear friends, you will find the priest. You will find the sacrament of confession. You will find this reverse of grace that you need to become saints and to form saints, to make Canada Catholic again, to rebuild a Catholic Christianity. It's not an utopia. The blood of our Jesus Christ is all-powerful from the altar, from the mass can grow a new Catholic society. Christendom does not need to be invented anymore. It already existed. 
says St. Pius X. We know its principles, and it's based on the cross, on the mass, on the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is truly the mission of the priest of the Society of St. Pius X, to bring the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ to our souls, to give to souls the courage of the Kennedy martyrs, able to stand for the cross and for our Lord Jesus Christ. It is at the foot of the altar that the Catholic society will blossom again at the foot of the cross. There you will find the graces to be a good husband, to give yourself completely to your family. There you will find the grace to educate your children as Catholic in the world of today with the dangers it contains. There also you will find the spirit of prayer. Man is great only when he is on his knees. That's why it's good that we had benediction, we have the cross and mass yesterday night. The children need to see their dads kneeling in the front of the holy sacrifice of the mass. And not just from kind of the beginning of mass when you arrive during the prayers at the foot of the altar and the middle of the last gospel when we leave to go for breakfast. They need to see that before Mass, after Mass, in thanksgiving, in the front of our Lord, having this direct conversation with our Lord Jesus Christ in the tabernacle. And so we know from the Mass, from the priesthood, how everything can be restored. There is nothing to be invented. It's all there. And I will give you the words of Archbishop Lefebvre at the occasions of his priesthood jubilee. He said, talking about Africa, that's where he was a missionary, there I saw, yes, I saw what the grace of Holy Mass could do. I saw it in the souls of those pagans, transformed by the grace of baptism, transformed by assistance at Holy Mass or by the Holy Eucharist. These souls understood the mystery of the sacrifice of the cross and united themselves to our Lord Jesus Christ in the sufferings of his cross, offering their sacrifices, their sufferings with our Lord Jesus Christ and living as Christians. To restore family, we will need to be at the foot of the altar. To stay Catholic, we will need to unite ourselves with the sacrifice of Calvary. If you can, attend daily Mass. That's where it starts before everything else. I was able to see these pagan villages become Christian, being transformed, not only, I will say, spiritually and supernaturally, but also being transformed physically, socially, economically, and politically. Because these people, pagans as they were, and we can say the same today, became cognizant of the necessity of fulfilling their duties in spite of trials, in spite of sacrifices, of maintaining their commitments, in particular, the commitment in marriage. We can say the same today. Then the village became to be transformed little by little under the influence of grace, under the influence of the grace 
of the holy sacrifice of the Mass. As always, we could finish with these words, but it is to the Blessed Virgin Mary that we have to go for the ultimate conclusion. I started showing you a battle between our Lord Jesus Christ and Satan. This battle that started at the beginning of Genesis. And at the beginning of Genesis already, God gives the answer. Yes, he promised the Redeemer, our Lord Jesus Christ, the priest, and therefore the other Christ that will follow his mission. But also, he promised at this moment the Blessed Virgin Mary. And you find these very important words in the tradition of the church, ipsa conteret, she will crush your head. He made many debates in the history of the church, but St. Jerome in the Vulgate used that very specific word, ipsa, she. It is not just a descendance. It is the Blessed Virgin Mary who will crush the head of Satan. And we see in Archbishop Lefebvre a very special devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. You maybe saw pictures of him on his crusher. There is Our Lady standing. He is also the man of Mary. He had a very special love for her. And it is to her that we want to go. St. Isaac Jog, when he was about, when he was captured, just before he was being killed, very often would go alone in the forest. He would carve crosses on the trees. He would kneel, kneel there in prayer for you. Remember that. He prayed for you in the front of these trees. And then he would take out his rosary. These Jesuit martyrs were the sons of Mary. They love the rosary. If you have some free time, if you don't know what to do, what is your reaction? You take out of your pocket a little screen and you spend hours on that little screen. Why don't you have in your other pocket the rosary? Why don't we take that out? Is it reserved for the family rosary because mom says so? We are sons of Mary. We are children of Mary. And it's by the rosary that we will win. The history of the church is the history of the victories of Our Lady with rosary beads. Lepanto, Vienna, and today. So let us go to the Blessed Virgin Mary and keep this joy, keep this enthusiasm, this generosity. So beautiful to see all of you here today. We need this heroism. It's great to live in the time we are living in today. It's great to live in this time of paganism because it asks for heroism. Because it asks for us to give more. And we have more graces that are coming from the cross. Don't be discouraged. Never. Continue to fight. And always remember the promise of Our Lady in Fatima. In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. Thank you for your attentions.